Welcome to the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. I am your host, Emily. I'm a Kentucky native, now Boston-based artist, researcher, spirituality, and creativity teacher. And I find absolute delight in the sometimes subtle, sometimes epic ways we as people discover our voices and begin consciously creating lives full of meaning and expression. Sacred Adventure Begin features stories from business owners to artists, lawyers to singers, yogis to professors, and many (laughs) in-betweens to inspire you in connecting the threads, themes, and experiences of your own life. I know that it can sometimes feel unknowable, insurmountable, and perhaps some of us feel a bit vulnerable in our quests for the deeper truths and meanings in our lives. Power and awareness lie on the other side of these pursuits, and it is my hope that these stories and conversations become engaging tools to bridge those gaps that we all have between intellect and heart, between mundane and divine, between fantastical and practical. I'm so excited to have you here sharing this space and being part of these conversations. Let's begin. Hey everyone, welcome back. (laughs) It has been a week. Hey, so far this year, I have been keeping up with my goal of releasing episodes once a week, which feels kind of um, fluid and easy for me, which is curious because at the end of last year, I was having a really hard time just with the editing and with all the parts of the podcast. So so I'm just going to go with the flow and choose to accept this um, ease that is now um, coming forward for me to experience in the making process. And I thank you also for your patience with me as I land on an intro and outro that feel um, more authentic and also sound good. Um, You might have been able to tell from the first one I recorded, but I had some issues with my microphone that I am now coming back through and fixing. So today's episode is interesting in a lot of ways, and we decided to hit record on this conversation because um, it felt like an interesting perspective that I did um, want to share. So this episode, I have a guest who is probably going to become a regular guest on this podcast. Um... That is Fanny Le Boulangier. <laughs> I know I butcher my French. I've never studied French. I have studied German. All of the letters get the same pronunciation. <laughs> so French is a little hard for me. Um, but we were talking um, and the conversation became so interesting because of the different uh, philosophies on what we were going through in terms of our country's differences with the coronavirus and then also how we were sort of integrating uh, what was happening and giving it power and meaning in our own lives. And I want to preface this episode with this. I personally can occasionally get frustrated um, listening to people talk about COVID because I experience a lot of um, frustration with many of the elements of it. I also find it difficult occasionally in the spiritual community where everybody's trying to like find a reason for or find an answer for things that um, I'm not always sure have clear cut or easy answers to. And we are doing a bit of that here. And it is sort of um, an interesting space to be in because the desire to give things meaning (laughs) can be really, really, really beneficial to our mental states because it allows us to um, feel like we have a purpose and feel like we are progressing and feel like even though terrible things may be happening, um, that we can release the need to control them and learn to accept them by assigning them 
you know, meanings or lessons and things like that. And, and I, in the way that uh, assigning and finding and seeking out uh, value and also purpose and also wisdom in all that I encounter is an incredibly important and I feel empowering part of my life. I also understand that it can be triggering for people. Um, and I want to preface the beginning of this with that, with that idea that sometimes um, we can find great meaning in things that stress us and sometimes we can just experience the stress of a thing and not need to assign it meaning and both are completely valuable ways of looking at the world and having positive life experiences. So (laughs) I think that that I am one of the ways that I am stretching and one of the ways that I'm growing this year is um, learning how to be in those in-betweens and to kind of take a breath and relax around my own perfectionism and uh, the ways that I seek meaning and also the ways that I experience frustrations and just the whole range of it all. The range of feeling powerful, the range of feeling powerless, and also what that means in terms of what I allow myself to say, like what I allow my voice to be in the world. And perhaps you're there with me on that. (laughs) Perhaps you're also the type of person who maybe uh, spends a lot of time thinking about uh, how things are wrong and how you can fix them, which is something that perhaps you're noticing with me and my intro (laughs) and my outro, but I also prefer to see it as um, kind of like a creative iterating and invite you to think about allowing things just to be for a little while and allowing yourself to settle around them in their uh, perfect imperfection so that you can focus on other things and have other experiences outside of the analytical, right? Especially when we get into things like the creative. And I am going to share a story before we get into the interview just to sort of frame things out, but I found myself um, really going on a deep dive into how the way that I felt about um, who I'm saying I am or who I'm representing myself as through sharing my thoughts like on this podcast, but also through sharing what I do in my business and how I was sort of editing or not editing those things based on how I thought other people would react to them. And I have to tell you, as I've, I've stepped more into my voice, a lot of things have been coming up. And I wrote this um, email for my email list but it's sort of like a, a way of processing through some of that that I would really like to share with you here um, before we get into the episode. As I began thinking of these things, questions were arising within me. Questions like, who do you think you are and who are you? And the they seemed interesting and re- related to me in a way. Um, who you are inquires about the nature of your being and who do you think you are can suggest when it's used in an insult, right, that there is a gap between who you think you are and who you are being. And there can also be gaps between who you are being and who others think you are allowed to be, which is where that question can be like slung as an insult. Like when when people are doing things that we don't think that they're like qualified for or that they shouldn't be doing, we ask that question, who do you think you are? And there's so much in this dynamic to me, um, especially as I have been um, asking myself to do a little bit more and to think a little bit more in addition to create a little bit more and to show up more authentically in the world. And there's so much in that dynamic. And how much does this impression become internal for us? What ways are we thought of by society and how does that shape uh, how others treat us? And how can it also shape how we treat ourselves? Like the way that we think, the way that we love, the choices that we make, how do we base those on that second question, that who do you think you are? And then how do you act? How do you be who you are based on that as well? And when we become aware of all the thoughts between us and our being, both external and internally, 
we start stepping into our freedom. At least it has been that way for me. We begin consciously choosing both our thoughts, who we think we are, and also who we act as. So who are you? Who do you think you are? For a long time, I avoided talking about some of the things that I thought would categorize me as like extra or out there, uh, which is ironic because I started a podcast called Sacred Adventure Begin, but this podcast has actually been the beginning of me stepping into the sacred in, in my life as well. Knowing just what somebody needs to hear and accidentally arriving there at just the right time, at just the right moment to give voice to what needs to be heard seems to be something that sort of categorizes me as extra. And if you're also an intuitive, you probably experience that as well, um, where you have interactions with people and you're like, wow, (laughs) yeah, we really needed to be here together in this moment. Um, I also found this happening a lot as an instructor, like I would know just the right question to ask a student uh, to help them shift to a healthier life path or out of struggle. And I can't tell you how many times I have said to students, like, prioritize yourself. I know you've been taught to, like, make this grade happen and that this A in this class needs to mean that you're an amazing student and an amazing human, but actually, like, if you prioritize yourself, you're you're learning more about yourself and more about your life than if you made yourself work on this project that is just a project. It's just a project. Uh, And so like contextualizing things for people, as well as just being in that position where when I'm when I'm teaching dance, connecting dancers to each other and to the music and how to um, remove your self-doubt and really connect authentically with each other. And there have been a lot of like extra like spiritual moments for me in that, like where you get to encourage somebody that their voice is good and that their voice is valuable. And always like creating art (laughs) is is very extra as well. (laughs) And it would be easy for me to call any of these skills commonplace. And for a long time, I just assumed that I was empathetic and could help shift happen uh, so deeply with within myself and with others around me because I also like knew pain and I knew the states that they were in and I knew what helped me so that I could help them but it was a little bit more than that uh and then and then there was always that more that's hard to talk about because of how extra it is (laughs) and because of the who do you think you are element I wrote a lot um, on Instagram about this, about unpacking all of the ways that I have owned or disavowed my intuitive faculties some might call them abilities, uh, because of assumptions or doubt or stigma uh, that has been associated, at least in my life, with intuition. Um, in, in a religious upbringing, it was like dangerous and wrong. Uh, a lot of people call intuitives like, you know, showmans or uh, like not intuitives, um, but like, you know, mind readers. But I'm searching for the word that I can't find right now. Uh, But there's this, like, association with being a liar or being a cheat or predatory behavior or that, like, super unhealthy relationship that is definitely very prevalent and almost never talked about, at least in Catholicism, which is the use of God and the word of God to exert power over others and to essentially take power over others and to manipulate them. But that's that's a discussion for another day. Anyway, I didn't want to be mistrusted. And I didn't want to be seen as a fake, as a liar, as somebody who preys on the weak. And I I really don't fancy guilt by association. So I had to do a lot of unpacking with just even being able to say, like, I read tarot cards. (laughs) Like, I can do past life readings. I guide meditations. I help people discover their soul path. And yesterday, I had a god-awful headache. Like, my head was filled with noise. Actually... It kind of felt like I was vibrating, but like really uncomfortably. <laughs> and I, I couldn't focus my eyes. Um, everything was sort of extra and the world seemed full and buzzing and it was too much. And I got almost nothing done. I suffered. And in my suffering, I, as I opened up to it, I started to recognize specific pattern to my migraines. My migraines occur on days when I've been doubting or ignoring or judging or putting into a box something extra that wants to come through. 
and in the cacophony of the headache, a voice arrived in my head (laughs) saying his name was Paul and he was there to support one of my clients who was getting another type of service from me. I was doing an aura painting for her. And I immediately did not want to tell my client about Paul because the second you start saying like, hey, there's somebody here who wants to talk to you. His name is Paul. I feel like you start getting into that zone of like speaking for someone else or I like making claims and and it, it makes me uncomfortable for, again, all of the reasons that I have mentioned to you before. And I think this is where my migraines start. I don't want to be wrong. My migraines start in me rejecting a part of myself because I am unwilling to be wrong. And part of that becomes, part of that comes through in the way that I was like sort of raised in this, in this culture that tells me like there is a right and there is a wrong and that it's not okay to like make mistakes. (laughs) And is also something I internalized to, um, in a very competitive family. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of factors going on there, but I didn't want to be guessing when I told my client about this voice and the message that came through with the voice. And yeah, and I feel like I feel like that's like what you get associated with when you tell folks that you're psychic or you're a medium or you have intuitive capacities. I feel like they automatically assume that like you're lying or crazy. <laughs> and the movie, if you've ever seen it, Horton Hears a Who comes so close to how I feel like this information is received by the world. And uh, for the record, Horton is an elephant who hears this like tiny voice on a dandelion. And then he has to try and convince people not to step on the dandelion or destroy it um, until finally those people can uh, get the quote unquote proof that they need to believe him. Anyway, I literally was in a theater filled with children weeping during that movie. (laughs) (laughs) And Paul's voice seemed really random to me, like hard to hold on to. And so I even doubted my own connection there. And the voice went away the moment I started engaging my resistance and my resistant dialogue, like somebody else can bring this message through or, you know, like I'm not really hearing this. And it turns out that that Paul was a person whose message really needed to be heard by my client. And I feel like we could like cue Alanis Morissette's song like, isn't it ironic, don't you think, right? Because <laughs> it's so silly for me to resist this. I'm an intuitive practitioner. What am I even doing? Like that ship has sailed. Um, <laughs> before COVID, when I was getting my sea legs for this type of work, I feel like I was being guided to paint in the park. And this is another example of this. I had other things that needed to be done that day. And so I was resisting this like feeling that I should go paint in the park. Uh, But I felt like I needed to leave what I was doing and go paint in the park, which I like don't do. Like, guys, this is not something I do. I do not like to paint in public. And I had a growing headache. (laughs) Theme here. So I thought like, why not fill my eyes with color and get some fresh air and some sunshine on my body? And so I left my kitchen remodel And I went to the park and started painting a row of trees. And after a little while sitting there, this man came and sat down at the picnic table I was sitting at and just started crying. And I was like, okay, hi. Uh, While telling me that his wife had just died and she was a painter and that's where she would sit and paint. And it is those like kind of moments where you got to say like, this is too much. This is more than a coincidence. Something and more is going on. Uh, and, and it is always flooring to me that people um, put this kind of like doubt around mediums and put this kind of doubt around their intuition because it is always, at least for me, come from an incredibly authentic place and usually a place that I, I am resisting because of that. who do you think you are and who do people think psychics are? And that's where my hesitation comes from. And so I wonder too, like, as we're, again, like doing this podcast, having these interviews, being together in this shared space, like if you're also asking yourself questions, like, who do you think you are? Who are you? Who do you let others tell you you can be? And how do you sort of regulate in that? And there isn't a simple answer to this. I'm personally still not sure how to declare to the world what I do. 
I am also clearly <laughs> still learning how not to resist messages because migraines are not high on my to-do list and I'm still learning to soften around trusting my messages and knowing that practicing and giving those messages and giving them voice and letting them out and considering them as authentic are part of that. My sister recently asked me to explain what I do and <laughs> I am continuing to formulate clearer and clearer and clearer words for this. Perhaps why this website, uh, my website getting into it, keeps changing and why the podcast keeps changing is that I am still in that process of formulating. I'm, I'm essentially living with my ears and my eyes open and my heart just so filled with healing. And I'm living knowing that there is a vast spectrum of spirit, of God, of movement, of love, of divinity, of process, of belief within each of us. And I kind of see myself as like holding a torch to others to come light their torch from in hopes that there will be a world where we live in and we feel our truths unshadowed by those questions. Who do you think you are and who are you? And at least in my life, it's not all migraines. When my husband and I were caught in the maelstrom of moving, and it really can't be called anything but that, it was hectic. Uh, we didn't have very long to plan. Our move to Boston was pretty sudden. I woke up one day feeling just like really sad and doubting the decision to move because I was leaving so many thriving plants in our yard. And among those plants were some peonies that my mom had given me that were given to her by my grandmother, by her mother, who has passed now, so she can't give us any more peonies. And I'll have to post sometime about gardening and heritage. But for now, I had also planted lilacs, which I adore because of my um, mother's lineage. Uh, she had picked for her wedding bouquet lilacs from my grandmother's yard. And sometimes it is... I, the smell of them is just lovely. <laughs> and it reminds me of like my, my familial love. And I was morose <laughs> when I woke up that day. And surprise, I was feeling a migraine coming on. So I sat down in the July heat uh, on the screen and porch that I would soon be missing. And I picked up my typewriter and I typed a letter to myself that made no sense. It just felt like it needed to come out. And I, I somehow felt like that tap, tap, ding, da, 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 ding, soothing my headache away. And the letter read, when I brought you forth into the world, my dear, I had forged you warm, living from earth and sky with wells of water sustaining. You were like a book already written with pages not yet read, a wondrous mass of experience waiting to happen with all that is lost and set forth, both emerging and completed. You are on a page so dear now, a new chapter, a new beginning, yet you already know what is in store. You have been reading ahead, yet it is for you to do so to move forward confident that you have everything you need to know to feel secure and you have all the tools you need to deal with those things that will arise before you and move you to growth. For you are my most beloved, she who I seek and is sought. You are grace, my child, and it radiates before you like blankets of yellow flowers in the Kentucky spring. Do you know I send those beauties before you even now, that you may remember and know that you are loved, and though you must wait for their arrival, they will strike you as wondrous love, as the way life flows around you, for we are the generous now. I looked at that letter <laughs> in the steamy summer, and I thought it was weird. <laughs> I folded it up and tucked it somewhere, and when we got to Boston, I couldn't find it. Um, we arrived in the middle of winter, and I had no idea what was going to come up from the earth in our land and our tiny little postage stamp. I went from like an acre to a, a stamp. And I remembered those words as the yellow flowers bloomed on the train tracks near my house, and I felt thankful. In my yard, the bleeding hearts rose from the earth, 
peonies, lily of the valley, forsythia, clematis, knockout roses, everything that was in my Kentucky yard had somehow made its way mysteriously to Boston. (laughs) Already here except the lilacs, which are apparently popular in Massachusetts, because every time I went on a walk, I was driven insane by how beautiful everyone else's lilacs were, had major garden envy, and I would step off the sidewalk and just bury my head in the lilacs of my neighbors, (laughs) remembering smells from home. And until that point, I had still felt like I had really lost a connection with earth and with my history. And then, like a miracle, two of the bushes in my yard, which had initially appeared to be something else, absolutely erupted in lilac blooms a full month after the neighbor's lilacs had lost their last blooms. And I am still processing the way I feel about this. When I was carrying stacks of boxes around the house that same week, the letter dropped out, and I read it again, understanding what wondrous love meant. And it strikes me now that this is the way that we are intended to live our lives. In full knowledge that we are cared for with miracles and signs and connections and synchronicities blooming around us. And we are and can be more connected than we may ever know. And each of us has a profound way to be of service and a profound voice to share in the world. And just a profound way of being. So again, what speaks to you? What calls you? Are you willing to listen? What roadblocks do you set up there? And what do you give your voice to? And if you rolled around in all these thoughts with me, (laughs) thank you for being here. I so appreciate you. Um, And I can't wait to get into the interview with Fanny And I hope that this idea allows you to soften a little bit around this idea that you can find meaning many places and that uh, it's normal and natural even to resist meaning. Uh, But there is so much that is meant for you. And so I encourage you to really think about who you are as well as who you think you are so that you can claim everything that is meant for you, for you too are desired are beloved, and are that which seeks and that which is sought. So I'm going to shift to the interview now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just wanted to share that as an example. And I hope that if you're considering new ways to love yourself, that again, you'll hang in around for the end of the episode because Fanny and I are doing an amazing Big Love Mini Retreat Valentine's Weekend. That's the 12th and 13th of February. And we'd love to have you there. It's donation-based and is really just built around this, like figuring out who you are, accepting yourself, and and finding beauty and your lessons and your connections in all of the ways that you are shaped by the world and you shape the world. So help to see you there. Without further ado... Here's Fanny. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be back. Thank you for having me. You may remember me, on or not, as the French baker that is a doctor and also a yoga teacher. We had a great talk last time, and I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go ahead and get into it. What have been your biggest lessons or things that you've sort of seen happen during COVID that, that you feel like are, are pause moments for us? The biggest lesson, I think, um, is about humility. We, we can have a little disclaimer here. I don't think we will discuss any scientific truth or any uh, have any theory or just here. It's just that for me, at least, it's just only uh, sharing personal experience. And uh, I can wait to get yours as well. But from my perspective, the biggest one, there are so many, but the biggest one is humility. Um, humility about yourself humility about the world we live in, our society, and also what you can do with this so special circumstances. 
Yeah, it it has definitely been, I think, um, eye-opening, at least here in the U.S. And I love, I love that saying, like, the virus doesn't care. Because <laughs> yeah. it's sort of, it's sort of just like a, a an agent of uh, biology. And so it's been also really, I want to say weird and interesting being so present on Instagram and Facebook and and in so many like healing and wellness communities, how many people have um, resisted the idea that they, that this is a call to humility with uh, like, oh, I'm going to pray the virus away, or I'm going to meditate it away, or they've, they've tried to assert some kind of like control over a situation, which, um, in my opinion, and I loved your disclaimer, by the way, (laughs) 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 is more or less acting simply out of, out of a, a biological necessity. And it doesn't care how many times you said mantra, and it doesn't care how much love you're vibrating at, uh, if you come in contact with it and, uh, and, 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 and it gets into your system somehow, you're, you're going to be affected by it. It's very interesting because um, it, the first thing is just that this virus reminds us that we are mortal beings. We have, we may be souls having a human experience. Well, guess what? This human body is affected by external circumstances. And um, of course you can vibrate love. Of course you can meditate that much. Of course you can reinforce your immune system as well. And the problem is that this virus brings you back to the um, I don't know phase. And for us, at least in our modern Western societies, I don't know or really think control (laughs) for all the control streaks that we are is a hard thing. And just considering that this virus is doing its thing on its own, its mutations to help it spread. Um, It's written because that's the normal evolution of this uh, biochemical agent. Well, not biochemical, but uh, this biologic agent. And just this situation brings you back to maybe we've just got as humans a little ahead of ourselves. We have no predators. We are the strongest species species in the on the planet. Well, at least we thought. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just showed us like, yeah, maybe not. It's not because you have dominated the whole living system area that you are the strongest. It's not because you have dominated everything. Well, at least you think that makes you the strongest. Even the dinosaurs encountered something that erased them from the planet. (laughs) So just considering that all humanity's progress and everything can be reduced, take the airplane system, for example, like there was nothing that could um, foresee what was going to happen you know, there was already many, many airplanes, more and more airplanes in the air. You could go from Europe to Australia in 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 a single uh, single line and single flight. And just having this brings you back to, yeah, just maybe don't get too ahead of yourself. You're not that special. <laughs> You're not that strong. You're still a beautiful human being, but you're not alone on this planet. (laughs) (laughs) And I can also add that, um, well, this COVID is just a symptom of what's maybe coming next or maybe not, but we have COVID, but we also have global warming and we have the permafrost that's going away and we have everything. It's just, I think it's just a call for wake up and I think many people listening to your podcast today are already have already woken up, but it's just a wake up call, a big one. Because like we said yeah, last time, if you're awake, we need you. 
and the world needs many people awake. <laughs> I got myself totally. carried again. Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's it's perfect. I love uh, I love your ramblings. <laughs> They're not ramblings, but yeah, I I find it also um, like kind of compelling and interesting. Uh, watching how both other people deal with the stress of the unknown and the humility of, I don't have control over this. And uh, like it also like in, internally too. Um, I feel like at the beginning of COVID, um, I was in a little bit of denial. Mm. <laughs> I, um, we had to cancel a trip. We, the U.S. went into lockdown, actually speaking of airplanes and spreading things quickly. Um, we went into lockdown the week before my husband and I were supposed to leave to go to India to be at a friend's wedding. And, um, it was so disappointing to cancel that. And I, I had a little bit of denial. I was like, we'll be out of this. This won't last forever. We'll be out of this by summer. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't, I don't know where you were, uh, like, during the beginning of that, but I think in my head, it, it seemed like it was going to be easy to, um, like beat it, you know? And uh, yeah. Yeah. But then, but then I sort of watched in horror as, uh, like people were still walking around without masks on and still going to large parties and events and stuff like that. And it was just, um, astounding the uh the way that i think people responded to covid and i'm not like i'm not even blaming them anymore like i get it like they were probably in some kind of denial too <laughs> except their their idea of it'll be done by summer was it's done now i'll just walk outside like <laughs> first thought to all those people who were supposed to get married in 2020 and oh. just compassion for you guys and this so much love <laughs> because what a shitty year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would also like to acknowledge that at the beginning we didn't know and we just have to give ourselves compassion for that as well. We did what we did because we all the data we got at the beginning, at least in Europe, we were like, this is just a flu. A bigger, bigger flu, maybe it's not that bad. Guess what? Mm -hmm. It is. <laughs> but um, we also need to remember, and this is a call for humility as well, that circumstances are changing and all the knowledge we got in circumstances are changing. And this also is um, a call for vigilance because many people going back their rabbit hole of conspiracy are saying, Nah, you see, at the beginning, there weren't saying that. And now that's it. We had this problem on the mask because at the beginning, people said masks weren't useful. And then now we have to all put our masks on and everything. And there is the problem of the lobby, the availability of the masks and everything. That is another topic. Mm -hmm. But it's just, it's easy to be assertive and to be so sure of something when you look at it from your own, your own window. Could our governments do things better or could they have done things better? Of course, <laughs> there's no question about that. But right now, I really feel sorry for them because I really didn't, I really wouldn't like to be in their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's also like part of that co coping mechanism, right? Where we're like looking for answers. And so we like look up, like tell us what to do or mandate this so that we can be yeah. safe. And uh, different, this is the cool thing about like talking to you now is like different countries did different things, right? Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> even in the US, like I, um, I will admit that we have, um, I guess you could say broken our quarantine, but it wasn't really breaking the quarantine. We quarantined, uh, my husband and I don't really leave the house that, that often except for walks. Mm. Um, and uh, we went home to Kentucky, which uh, to kind of give you a perspective, it was a 
15 hour car drive from um, Boston. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the way to Kentucky. And we we're so quarantined. We didn't want to put our dogs in the kennel or anything. So it was, we made that drive with two dogs and a cat in the car <laughs> uh, and went all the way to Kentucky where our friends and family are and saw only family and stayed only in my parents' house and didn't leave there. So we just went from one quarantine bubble to another quarantine bubble, but it was so um, bizarre and interesting uh, like stopping to get gas and things like that. Uh, well, you call it petrol <laughs> uh, on the way down because people in different states, there are different laws about mask wearing, about how many people can be in a facility, about like the safety regulations for the workers in those facilities. And we pulled off um, the expressway once in Ohio. Sorry, I'm going to rat you out, Ohioans. <laughs> and we looked out the car window and we immediately got back in the car. It didn't matter that we were low on gas. We kept going to another gas station because the gas station attendant didn't have on a mask. And there were about 30 people inside the gas station, all oh, not shit. wearing masks. And this was like in, I feel like this was when well, no, I don't feel like, I know that this was in late August when the numbers were starting to climb again. And I about had a panic attack because in Massachusetts, for example, you have to wear a mask. Like you could get a, a ticket, like an, 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 a fine, a fee if, yeah. you're, if you're outdoors without a mask on. And we even have like a curfew. <laughs> we do too. From 6 p.m. We don't have the authorization to leave our house. <laughs> <laughs> That's early 6 p.m. Yeah, 6 and... p.m. is really early. Ours is, I feel like, oh, wow. Oh, my, mine's 9.30. Well, actually, there are many people that cannot do that because at 6, at 6 p.m. they are still at work. So work, we yeah. have to fill ourselves our little paper. Yes, I authorize myself to come back home late because I'm still at work. Yay, gotcha. <laughs> well, that's a French weird thing, but the paper thing. The first thing I would like to acknowledge is that um, you... The, the main difference, I guess, between the U.S. and where I live is that um, imagine that for all of us, what you call your states, for us, it's countries that are different. So I would like to uh, just give a really, really good shout out to you guys, because many people can say whatever they want about the U.S. and how things have been managed and everything. But it will be like having all the countries in Europe managed by one federal system because you are so many more than us and your country is so bigger than us. And just realize that, of course, things could be done differently. Of course, things could be better, but... We are the most impor important thing, I guess, is just to do your best with yourself. And that brings me to my next point, because doing your best also doesn't mean that everything is about you. You can have this uh, certainties that the virus will not uh, get you, that your immune system is boost and has enough boost to see whatever it mean it will encounters, because you live in a certain system with some certain friends and everything. And this COVID just showed all of us that this is just your bubble. And your bubble is different from someone else's bubble. And also, if you want to live in a society, you have to consider each other's bubbles. And it's your choice if you don't want to wear a mask, but it's a choice you need to support with some good arguments, scientific arguments. And right now, there are none arguments that are scientifically proven against the wearing of the mask about disinfecting your hands and everything. So having your own certainties, of course, just take a step back. And that goes for all of us to have a fact checking about them, have a reality check about them and realize that, yes, this is your bubble. And everyone has its own bubble. 
we can do on and on. We can go about that on and on because it's about um, <laughs> beliefs and uh, things that are already here and the way you see yourself and the way you see others. Just feel deep down that if you're here in this society right now, you're a part of a collective. Respect yourself, but respect others as well. <laughs> And there I go, sounding like, I don't know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, actually, I think when you were talking about the airplanes, you were kind of touching on this because that's another sort of thing that COVID really pointed out to us is that we can think that we have a small bubble or that we ourselves are a singular bubble, but we're so much more connected than any one of us is aware of. Yeah. yeah. And it really, I, I sometimes think about that too. <laughs> like I could have gotten on a plane and flown to India and taken something with me or gotten something there and brought, brought it back. And it, it does bring you back to that humility of like, wow, we really just are human <laughs> and we're sort of like permeable in a way. Our bubbles are permeable also. And I, I actually think that that's kind of a superpower yeah. too, and that we're mm. so connected this way uh, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so interrelated and it almost, it almost feels like a, like a, um, like a sort of beautiful, beautiful spiritual experience also to be aware of how, uh, interconnected and interwoven we actually truly are. And what you just said is just so that profound because what you said about the um, panic attack you had just helps you realize that you and the the people you know, these types of events help you take a step back to your own ways of functioning. And you may have considered that you are too strong for having a panic attack. And there you are with those people at the gas station are like, no, sorry, I'm going, I'm going out. There's no way I'm going in this. And this is also a call for humility. I'm going to sound like a broken record. I'm sorry, <laughs> but this, uh, <laughs> these circumstances helps you get some humility on yourself and about how you're functioning. Are you keeping your calm? Are you keeping your stability? Are you going out the rabbit hole of conspiracy? Are you depressing yourself? Are you numbing yourself in front of Netflix? If so, of course you can, but just do it with the confidence and the con and being conscious of it because who doesn't like an ex a Netflix night? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. what your type of reaction are you in a passive way are you in a proactive way are you super active or keeping yourself super busy from going within and so you're having the worst time of your life <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting because um this reality just shows you how even we are so interconnected and we are so special as human beings. You may have your friend that is super social and having the worst time ever. And you may have another friend who is not that social and who's like, ah, come on, I can't have some time at home, focus on myself without all those social obligations I don't even want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've kind of been like that over here. <laughs> and this <laughs> times are just giving you the opportunity to reframe your life actually oh, no, I lost you. Have a, oh, I'm sorry um, am I back <laughs> yeah will you repeat yourself sorry I was just saying that that these time gives you the the time to reframe your life to have a look and that look can be painful maybe seeing in the eyes that you've been avoiding yourself your whole life or in that you have been numbing, numbing yourself your whole life or that you stuck yourself in a job that you don't like or meaningless job because of society, your parents, your sisters, or what you thought you needed and everything. And all this inner work is hard. And the circumstances are bringing you to that. So shout out to all of us going through that. 
and shout out to all of us going to through that at, at our own pace where you are now is where you need to be this sounds so cliche but when you dig deep you realize that yeah that's true and that's why cliches are very very because <laughs> they're true they're usually yeah. truths that we don't want to hear I think I well I have like a back and forth relationship with cliches but pivoting that because <laughs> I think some of them can be really dismissive of, of what we're going through but that one that one is not um I think it's interesting too also that being in the experience of quarantine and being in the experience of COVID and, and a, a like international health crisis uh, has also really sort of been a call, at least for me. And this goes back to the humility thing. I am around the things that I want to try and control and also balancing that with what I, uh, what I can control in my life. Like you were saying, um, you can decide to wear a mask or not. You can decide to properly wash your hands or not. Those are things that you can control, but you can't control whether or not other people wear masks. You can't control how many people they meet with on the weekends. And you can't like, you can't control that. So then like, I think it also becomes sort of a, a call also to learn just how to be okay with a little bit of the unknown. Cause like we can't control how long it's going to be here, how long the quarantine is going to last or how many masks are available at the hospital, but we can take proactive actions on a personal level to like mitigate our risks or to care for ourselves or to like step up and drop off things, uh, you know, like food or things like that at people's houses when they're not well. And so it is, it has really like been one of those moments where it's like, how can I just get more okay with unknowns and how can I get more okay with the concept of control and learning that I don't have a, as much of it as I thought I did. And I would go deeper than that. It's your time to choose. It's your time to learn, but it's also your time to choose, to choose if you want to worry about what's not under your control or to choose if you don't want to worry about what's not under your control. Choose where your energy goes. Choose to radiate your inner alignment. Just choose to respond instead of react. Choose to press the pause button, take a deep breath, and then answer. This, more than ever, brings you to your power of choice, your power of creativity, your power of you are a beautiful human being. And this time may have brought all of us to remember that, to reconnect to our essence, to reconnect to what's true and now that you have the connection, what do you want to do with it? Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, if we can take a couple minutes, because I think we've taken, we've taken people through some of the harder lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> some, of the things, yeah, some of the things that, that have been floating around for us, like what, what are ways that, that have, that you've found as effective to kind of deal with, uh, coming to a place of humility and also how do you deal with um stress or issues that ha that arise around that and around ideas of control the stress question is the easy one um because <laughs> at first I was like I'm gonna do some yoga bring it on and then uh so I did a lot of yoga I enjoyed myself very much and then I got bored like me yoga teacher can I, can, how the hell am I, <laughs> why am I bored? What's going on? And so I had, I had to choose another way to embody myself. So I started to dance and I started to do some hula hoop as well. Like for the past few days, it's just to melt the stress away. You need some grounding 
And because when you stress, your mind goes blah, 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 it circles and uh, back and forward and back and forwards. So you need to press pause and to press pause, get back to your body. Yoga helps you. That's, of course, amazing. But you don't need to be a great yogi to melt away the stress. Just dance, just shake, just live and life and laugh and sing and be back to your own light, to your own energy. That's the that's the the part for the the stress. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I actually um I think that's really interesting too because I a lot of like panic is uh the stress coming into the body to sort of yeah. be processed oh, through. Like I think a lot about like um I had a couple panic attacks when I was in grad school and then another one um, right before a solo show that I had like a a while ago where, you know, like you've got the heart fluttering and the like short breath and it feels like you're dying or you're having a heart attack or something. You don't know what's going on, but it can be safe, like, or unsafe rather for some people who are in such high level of stress to like be in their bodies. But actually I would argue, and at least speaking from my personal experience that like connecting to the breath is one of the pivotal things that I I use. (laughs) So when I feel stress coming on and I notice the shortness of breath, and this is back to your idea of awareness, when we bring awareness into our bodies, when we bring awareness to ourselves, we're st- actually stepping into our control. Even mm-hmm. if the awareness is just, I notice myself experiencing stress. Like I'm not even gonna put on myself the responsibility for dealing with the stress right now. I'm just gonna notice it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that almost becomes a gateway or a power center for then change to occur without having to, to put the additional pressure of fuck, I feel like shit. I'm having a panic attack. Everything's wrong in the world. Everything's wrong in my life. The, 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 um, circle that you were talking about being on when we're in stress, grounding it and being present in the body, either through breath or movement, or just simply awareness can be so, 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 so super, 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 super (laughs) (laughs) to bring it back around to the word super helpful in moving things through and helping, um, kind of create some relief there. But actually I also would argue that doing what we're doing now and looking at the whole thing, like looking at it from a different perspective, like what's it been like in France? What's it been like in the U S what has it been like for you as an individual? What has it been like for us as a collective? What has it been like for us as, as the world? And I also thought it was interesting too, that you brought up like global warming (laughs) and the ice caps (laughs) melting too, because that's what's happening right now. As we've been in, we've also been out going, oh my God, there's so many bubbles (laughs) and all the bubbles are related. I never realized that, you know, like it, it, sorry to, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but, um, since I co-run that artist residency in India, and since I also did my yoga teacher training in India, uh, there were days when my phone would sound an alarm that the air quality was so bad that you should be wearing a mask or it was advising people to stay indoors. And um, it, it, it happens not just in India. I'm not trashing India, but <laughs> that's happened in Boston before. That's happened in Kentucky. I've had experienced that in LA. It's not like the US doesn't do that, but there there were a lot of times there when my phone would be sounding that. And then uh, during lockdown, it was so interesting to see pictures of the cities that I was in because they looked so clear and so crisp because people hadn't been out on their motorcycles all day long. People were staying in their homes. And so it also, I feel like, the quarantine has also been like a, like the pause button to bring that awareness to ourselves as, as a global community and as an individual living in, I I love your description of bubbles, bubbles on bubbles on bubbles on bubbles on bubbles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Before responding to that, I have um, just something to add to before the way of coping with stress because what you just said is totally, our two approaches are so complementary. Because if you're, the stress is in your head, then go into your body. If the stress is in your head and in your body, of course, go with the breath. 
I should have mentioned the breath because you should always breathe. Well, you're already you're always breathing, but you know that science that says that you live longer if you breathe. <laughs> so go breathe. But well, every, you're probably way, not living if you're not breathing. <laughs> the the idea is that all these approaches are just complementary, and you are your best teachers. You choose what helps you and what helps you on Monday might not help you on Wednesday. <laughs> so just wanted to point that out. Yes. And, um, and to, to get back to the first topic, the interesting thing, I guess, is that our world got better. You know, there were all these um, air quality measurements and everything saying, yeah, everything is getting better during quarantine. You know, when the factories in China just stopped and you have the vision of the air quality before and after, it just helps us realize that maybe take a step back again on ourselves. What does it mean for us and for our society that the world gets better when we stop? When we press pause, is this really a good idea to keep running? How yep. come that the world gets better if all the non-essential shops are closed? How come that the world gets better when you take time for yourself, when you press pause, when you stay at home, quiet, well, who didn't have a dance party? Well, I did, but I don't know about you, but <laughs> I got a dance party in my home. But <laughs> what I mean, just take some time on that as well to get some clarity to where you want to go. And that brings me back to when you asked what, um, how could I, about the humility thing, how to, yeah, I know, <laughs> be humble, yeah, mm. <laughs> well, what's the method for that? I think the method for that, at least that's what I would offer you because of what I offered myself, is just to get back to that compassion. Mm. Notice yourself in your rumbling bubble in your head or whatever it is, and just take your own hand like you would take your friend's hand and just breathe and get back to where you are and know that it's okay because nobody is perfect. And someone that's telling you that they control their thoughts and meditation and they never have a thought, that's a lie, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so just the best way I think to find humility is to have a sense of humor with yourself. Notice where you're at. And then go, ah, oh, here I go again. Well, I know that. We're so predictable. <laughs> when you start to notice that you're <laughs> so predictable, I'm so predictable, then humility goes there because you know this is something that's already there. And the more you notice it, the more you can get rid of it. But slowly but surely, you do not want to rip a bandage because it will leave a scar if the wound is not really healed yet. You just want to give it some gentle care every day and then your skin will be back. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, we have a cool announcement to make for I'm everyone so listening. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm really pumped about this too. So Fanny and I have teamed up to offer you a uh, retreat for self-love the Friday and Saturday right before Valentine's Day um, to help de-stress get you inspired. Uh, we're offering an hour of yoga and meditation and it is donation based. Do you want to add a little bit to that? I'm so hyped for this. <laughs> we just, um, actually this, the idea is just um, here to bring you the tools. It's mm, just to bring you the tools to get back to yourself. When you get back to yourself, you realize inside you are pure love. And you may consider this a woo-woo thing or just a spiritual thing or yeah, yeah, whatever. But deep down, you know that 
you can call it self-care as well, retreats, if self-love doesn't resonate with you. We, I'm just so hyped up to share with you a yoga sequence that I've created for you and share a space with you, hold space for each other in a yoga and meditation time and surprises time as well. But we're not telling you anyway <laughs> yet. <laughs> so yes. that's it. Yes. So if you... <laughs> I loved it. It was perfect. It's actually, I think, also really cool because it we're kind of like... We've made the retreat um, in the evening on Friday. Well, it's evening for you. It's afternoon for us here in Boston. And then um, in the morning on Saturday. So if you want to wind down with us on Friday and then pump up with us on Saturday, you are welcome, 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 welcome to join us. The links will be in the show notes. And I hope you'll consider hanging out with us. We're doing this awesome international. <laughs> yeah. I will have some French friends as well, but the yeah. sequences will be in English, of course. <laughs> we, we appreciate that. <laughs> but it is a cool chance just to uh, feel that beautiful global connection that has also more or less been made possible by COVID. That's yeah. another interesting thing is that like, this is, one of the reasons why I started the podcast was I'm home. I have the time to do this. It's time. I feel a call. I'm going to figure this out, you know, and I wasn't distracted running around being with all my friends and going out dancing. Instead, I've been here learning how to do sound. <laughs> Build a website. I feel you on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know we've just, uh, we were discussing before we got on that, uh, microphones are very important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you may notice, I upgraded my quality quality sound last time from last time. <laughs> well, I hope that gets on the recording because <laughs> it will. It's there. So, so we will talk to you all again in the future. I look forward to teaming up with Fanny a lot uh, in the upcoming years and months. And we are wishing you. Um, you're, again, you're welcome to come to the retreat, but if you don't, that's cool too. We are wishing you a happy, healthy rest of your month. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Sacred Adventure Begin. If you feel inspired by the conversations you were part of today, please consider joining us on patreon.com backslash getting into it with Emily and supporting the Sacred Adventure Begin podcast. Membership and support starts at $2 a month and gives you access to teachings, episodes before they are released, and a platform to submit your questions for our guests. Thank you so much for being here. Know that I am sending you so much love, so much awareness, and so much self-acceptance at whatever stage in your journey you find yourself on today. <laughs>